0: I know we have been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the last uh, couple of weeks. But today we're actually going to take a break. We'll go back and finish it, I promise. Um, but today I just feel like uh, something else the Lord has laid on my heart. So I want to do that and then we'll eventually go back and do, finish the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Sorry for the inconsistency, but I want to follow what I believe God is asking us to do. So um, let's open our Bibles to the book of John. It's the Gospel of John, fourth book in the Bible, verse one, or chapter one, verse 29. John 1 29. That will be page 16. Uh, 1647, 1647 in the blue Bibles, if you have your Bibles in in the pew, page 1647. So, um, let me just give you some background about what's going on, and then we'll just um, read that passage. John the Baptist is actually the last prophet in the Old Testament, and he was Jesus' cousin. And he was um, baptizing people in the river, and then... Jesus, in that context that we're about to start reading, was about to start his ministry. He hasn't started yet. So John the Baptist didn't know who's going to be the Messiah or who's going to be the Son of God. But then when Jesus came, John was revealed to him. He knew by God that Jesus is the Messiah. So pretty much that's the context of what we're going to read right now. So here is verse 29, John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Look, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then he said, This is the verse that we're going to stop at today. Just read one more just to know what he was saying. Uh, verse 30, this is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but, thus, um, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Amen? So, verse 29, this is where we're going to stop. When, when John the Baptist saw Jesus and he said, look to everybody around him, look, behold, This is the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. So what is John talking about in that verse? Okay, Let me give you the the background, the reference, and then we'll move forward with a couple of points about that. In the Old Testament, God sent a prophet called Moses to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. And once the children of Israel got out of Egypt, God designed a system, a way for the children of Israel to approach God, to come close to him. And he said, God was telling Moses, something like this, I am holy, I hate sin. I cannot accommodate or tolerate sin. And you people are sinful. You do sin every day. And because I'm holy and because you're sinful, we cannot just get together and hang out, you know, or you just can come and pray to me. It doesn't work this way. There has to be a way, a system, So that a sinful man can come into that presence or even talk or have any sort of communication with the holy God. Amen? And that system that God told Moses to do was called the sacrificial system, to offer up a sacrifice. So what was happening in the Old Testament is that if I am a sinner or I committed a sin and I want God to forgive me for that sin... In the Old Testament, God commanded Moses that the one who committed sin will bring a lamb or a sacrifice, okay? And you take that lamb into the altar. That's in the tabernacle. That's the place of meeting where God meets his people. So you take that lamb into the the place of meeting, and then there's a burning um, altar there where just fire is going on continually. And God said... In order for you, sinful man, to be forgiven, in order for me to forget your sins and move on and not punish you for it, you need to bring a sacrifice, a lamb. And then you confess your sin in the tabernacle, lay your he- hand on the head of the lamb and confess your sin. And this, and then this lamb is getting slaughtered on your behalf. Okay, So you're the one who sinned, but God is saying when you do that, it's as if... As if your sin is being transferred to that lamb, and this lamb is being killed in your behalf, okay? You're the one who deserves to be killed because you're the one who broke the the, the law of God, and you're the one who deserves to be punished, okay? But if you want to live, when you do that symbolic action of laying your hand on a lamb, and the lamb is being slaughtered on your behalf... I will think of it as, this is what God is saying, as your sin has been transferred to that lamb and he's dying in your place and then that lamb gets burned on that burning altar and then your sin that you have committed can be forgiven and I will not look at it anymore. Okay? So that's the background. This is how the Jews of, of, of the time of John the Baptist were approaching God. Whenever they sin, whenever they lie, cheat, manipulate, commit adultery, well... Sins that is not intentional. Uh, Let me back up. Every intentional sin in the Old Testament has no sacrifice. But the unintentional sin, if you accidentally kill somebody but you don't mean to, or any sin that you committed without intention, this is the way that this sin can be forgiven. Amen? Now, this is the context, and this is how the Jews of John the Baptist knew how their sins can be forgiven. Now... When John the Baptist came preaching and in front of all the crowds that were surrounding him, he saw Jesus coming and he said, Behold, look, who's that who that is? The Lamb of God that takes away how many sins? The sins of the whole world. So John the Baptist was saying, You remember when in the old testament the man bring a lamb, and this is the lamb of man? Now Jesus is different because he's the Lamb of God. This is the Lamb that God himself is providing so that sinful man can be reconciled with holy God. Amen? So this is the Lamb that God provided. That's number one. Number two, this Lamb will not just take away one sin that you committed unintentionally. This Lamb will take away the sins of who? The whole world. Every single sin. We are 7 billion people nowadays, right? Every single sin that every human being committed, every single day, throughout even history from from the time that Adam fell, every single sin that mankind ever committed can be covered and forgiven because God has provided a lamb and his name is Jesus. He's the lamb of God who will take away the sin of the whole world. Amen? Now, when Moses was offering sacrifices in the Old Testament, We know that God is not really forgiving sins by offering an actual animal. This is not really the case. But God was trying to show people a type, a picture of how he will ultimately forgive the sin of man, all right? And that's when Jesus comes from heaven and dies on the cross and takes our sins on himself and takes our punishment on himself. And through his death, Three days later, his resurrection, God can provide forgiveness to every single man that sinned. Amen? All right? So what happened in the Old Testament was just a picture. God was just trying to ease us into understanding God's way of forgiveness and God's way of salvation. Amen? So we're going to the background, okay? Now I want to highlight with you three pictures of the Lamb of God in the Bible. Okay, we see the Lamb of God multiple times, but we'll highlight three pictures of the Lamb of God in the Bible. Amen? Amen. Number one, the Lamb of God in his glory, or the Lamb of God in his worth, what he, he deserved, what, how much he worth, you know? The Lamb of God in his glory, that's number one, or his worth. Number two, the Lamb of God in his death or sacrifice. If you go worth and then death, And then the last one is the Lamb of God in His wrath. I try to make it rhyme as much as possible, okay? So, three pictures we see in the Bible about the Lamb of God. Let's go over it together just to make sure you're following me, okay? Number one is the Lamb of God in His worth. Number two, the Lamb of God in His death. And number three, the Lamb of God in His wrath, Okay? So we'll read three different passages in the Bible, and we'll just look at these three different pictures um, about the Lamb of God. The first picture, the Lamb of God in his uh, glory or in his worth, that's Revelation chapter 5. That is the very last book of the Bible. You start from the back, and that will be Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. We'll read it together. We were singing that song um, during our worship time. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. All right, so here is what the Bible says: Revelation 5, 8. And when he had taken it, that's the scroll. Okay, actually, let's see from verse 6 so you can have more background. 5, 6. This is John, okay, and this is what he said. Then I saw a lamb, that's the Lamb of God, that's Jesus, the one that we're just talking about. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. That's Jesus, he's bearing the scars of the cross, even for all eternity, standing in the center of the throne. So the lamb is standing in the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. That's the symbol of the Holy Spirit. Seven spirits of God. uh, Sent out into all the earth. He came and took the the scroll. That's the lamb who's sitting in the midst of the throne. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Okay? And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp. They were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. What did they say? You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Because you were slain and you were, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You, made, you have made them to be kingdom and kings and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. Look at verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels. The voice of many angels. Numbering. Thousands upon thousands. That's thousands multiplied by thousands. We're talking millions of angels, okay? Millions of angels. And ten thousands times ten thousands. Now, you do math. Ten thousands by ten thousands, what? Hundred million? That's, that's the range he's looking at. Hundreds of millions, not just one hundred million. Hundreds of millions of angels, okay? They encircled the throne. That's where the Lamb is sitting, in the middle of that throne. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elder in a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature, listen to this, not just the, the hundreds of millions of angels, every single Creature, everything that breathes, every single creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to who? And to the Lamb, not just to God the Father, also to the Lamb, to the Son of God, to the Lamb of God. Be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. That is the Lamb of God in His worth. That is the Lamb of God in His glory. Amen? He's sitting on a throne. Hundreds of millions of millions of angels just crying out and praising Him because He is that magnificent. And not only them, but every single creature, every single thing that has a breath is singing His praise. And his glory and his majesty. Amen? Amen. One day we'll be part of that picture. Amen? Amen? The lamp in his worth. He is the one. Listen to that verse that we were just reading. Look at this. Verse. Um, what is that verse? Um, verse 13. The, end of that ver- the middle of that verse. And then they say. They sing in what is the song? To him who sits on the throne. That's God the Father. And to the lamp. Be praise and honor and glory and power. See the praise here? They put Jesus, they put the Lamb of God on equal honor, equal worship, just like God. They said that praise and honor and wealth and power belongs to not just God, the creator of heaven and earth, but also equally belongs to who? To the Lamb. Amen? So he is the one who receives equal honor, equal glory, equal praise, just like God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. Amen. That's the Lamb in his worth. Amen. Amen. That would be awesome that day when we see Jesus. Amen. Let's move on to picture number two the lamb in his death or his sacrifice. Let's flip back all the way to the Old Testament. We can read from the book of Isaiah, one of the major prophets, Isaiah 53 very famous passage, (laughs) Isaiah 53. Let's read from verse 3. In the Bible study earlier, Today, before we came to the service, we were reading from John, the very end of John, and how Jesus was crucified and how his heart was broken. Now, this is a prophecy in the Old Testament about that. Let's just look into the words. And I want you to keep in mind the last pictures that we were talking about how Jesus is the one who's receiving equal glory just like God Himself, okay? Now, keep that picture in mind and let's move on to picture number two, okay? So Isaiah 53 fifty three verse 3. Now, this is the Lamb of God. Again, look at what the Bible says. He was despised and he was rejected by men. Wow. Do you guys already see the difference between these two pictures? In the first one, every single creature is praising him, giving him equal honor and glory, just like God the Father. And right here, People are just mocking him, despising him, and rejecting him. He was despised and he was rejected by all men. A man of sorrow and familiar with suffering. He's in sadness and he's in suffering. Like one from him, men hide their faces. You know, this is just crazy. Men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Actually, If you go to Isaiah chapter 6, the Lamb of God appears to Isaiah. And the angels in his presence could not behold his glory, so they were hide their faces. Because his glory is just so too much for them to behold. That same Lamb of God on the cross, people still hid their faces from him. But they did not hide their faces, they did not look at him because of the glory that he was in. But because how much beaten, how much despised how much rejected he was. People could not look at him because of the pain and the agony that he was in. Verse 4. Surely, here is why, here is why the Lamb of God who receives equal glory like God the Father came to that picture and he was despised and rejected by all men. Here is verse 4. Here is why he went to this. Because he took our infirmities. And he carried our sorrows. He took our sicknesses, our diseases, and our sin upon himself. And because he wanted to pay God the Father for our own sins, he came down to that level. That every single man would reject him, every single man would despise him, and nobody would even consider him because he took our sins on on his body. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. He's saying people who would pass by, they don't understand that he was doing that for us. People thought that he's being punished. He was being stricken and smitten by God because he did something wrong. We misunderstood it. That's what he said. We considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But the truth is, here it is. Verse 5. He was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. That's why he was despised and rejected. That's why he was was so beaten on the cross. Not because of sin he did, but because of the sin that we did. He was pierced, he was crushed. And the punishment that brought, brought peace to us was upon him. And by his wounds, we were healed. Look at this, verse 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way. But look at this. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted and he did not open his mouth. And listen to this now. Verse, the, this is the part that I'm leading you to. And he was led like a what? Like a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep before his, its shearer. He was silent. He did not open his mouth. Wow. He was led to the slaughter like a what? Lamb. That's the lamb of God in his death. That's the lamb of God in his love for you and me. Why would Jesus even endure that? Why the one in his presence angels just hide their face because they can't hold how glorious he is. The one that every single creature, everything that has a breath give him equal honor and glory just like God the Father. Why would he even come to that point that he would be bruised, crushed, despised, and rejected because he wanted to take our sins upon himself? I don't know about you, if this doesn't blow your mind away, that Jesus would love you that much. I don't know what will. I forever will be grateful that Jesus would care for me that much and come from heaven and bear my sins and take my place and be rejected for me. Amen? Let me tell you something. If there was a way, listen to me, if there was a way For a sinful man to be reconciled with a holy God apart from the cross, God would have definitely done it the other way. You follow me? If there was a different way, if there was a different path that you and I can be made right with God without going through this, why wouldn't God do it, right? The only reason, the only reason Jesus left his glory, came down to the cross to be bruised that way, is that the cross is the only way for mankind to be made right with God. Why? Why is that? Why? Here is why. Because God is holy and he is just, right? He he loves us and he cares about us. He's merciful and gracious. But in the same time, he's just as holy and just as just. And God is never going to just forgive us our sins just because we say that we're sorry, right? When you stand before the judge here in court and tell the judge that you're sorry, and you really are sorry, do you think the judge will let you go free? Nope. Why? Because you broke the law, right? The law needs to be satisfied. And once the law is satisfied, you can be sorry all what you want. You're not going to come back to that place. But being sorry doesn't cut it in front of the judge, right? Even though you might be so sincere, sincerely sorry, and you really mean it. And maybe the judge even know it, that you're sincere. But guess what? Your sincerity, your feeling sorry for what you've done, doesn't cut it before the judge. Amen? Amen. How about being overall a good person? It's only, your only problem is just robbing banks. That's only, you know, that's the only problem. Everything else, you're a great person. You know, you don't lie, you don't steal. It's only the money that you try to find an easy way to get it done. Do you think the judge will look at the overall evaluation of your person and then try to say, oh, you're a good father. You try, I mean, you're stealing money to give your kids. I mean, I can see the good in that, you know. Do you think the judge will cut you a slack because for the most part you're a good person, but it's only one problem that you're having with the law? Do you think the judge will do that? Nope. Nope, doesn't matter. Same thing, being a good person, trying to do good things, being sincere. Being overall a decent person is just like lying or stealing or whatever the case is. If that's the only thing that gets you in trouble with God, guess what? You're still guilty before the law. And if you're guilty before the law, the law needs to be satisfied. And if the law is not satisfied, you are not going anywhere. You have to pay the price of breaking the law. Amen? Same thing with God. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. You broke the law of God. You might not be the worst person in the, in the world. You just need to break it once. To be guilty before a holy and righteous God. Amen. And if you're guilty before him, guess what? You ain't going nowhere. You have to pay the penalty of paying, of, of breaking the law of God. Amen. And that's why if you're a sinner today, just like me, we are doomed. We are sealed under the judgment and the wrath of God. But here is the good news. The Lamb of God came down from heaven. The one in whose presence angels praise his glory for all eternity. Loved us so much so that he came down so he can take our sins upon himself. So he can pay God off for our sins. And the blood of Jesus is so powerful that actually dissatisfied the wrath and the righteousness and the justice of God. Amen. And because His blood is good enough for God, now God who is holy and righteous is willing to forgive and accept us and change us and give us eternal life as a free gift. Amen? Amen? There is no salvation apart from the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus is the only thing that satisfies the judgment of God. And it doesn't matter if you're a good person, it doesn't matter if you're a sincere person, You either make it to God through the blood of Jesus or you're never going to make it to God. Amen? Amen. So that's the Lamb of God in His death or sacrifice. Let's just move to the last picture. That is the Lamb of God in His breath. Now, let's turn again to Revelation chapter 6. We're going to go all the way back to the Bible. very end of the Bible. Revelation chapter 6 verse 12. All right, Revelation 6.12, here is what the Bible say. I watched, this is John, he say, I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. And the whole moon turned red. And the stars in the sky fell to earth. It's page 1920, uh, 1920 in the blue uh, Bible. Um, and the stars in the sky fell to earth as late figs drop from the fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll. Listen to this. Listen to this. The sky receded like a scroll. Once that seal was open, everything in nature just started shaking. Even the sky itself started receding like a scroll, rolling up. And every mountain, Every mountain and island was removed from its place. The big, gigantic, huge mountains were just removed. And the kings of the earth, the strongest people you can ever think of, the people who has the power, the kings of the earth, the princes, the greatest people, not just you and me, average Joe, it's just, this is like the presidents and the kings of all nations, the kings, the princes, the generals, the rich The mighty and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountain. And they called on the mountains and the rock. And this is what they said. Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. And from the wrath of who? The Lamb. And from the wrath of the Lamb. For a great day of his wrath has come. And who can stand? Now, this is the Lamb of God in his wrath. Now, let's pause for a second. In the Bible, Jesus are described metaphorically by so many things, like the Lion of Judah, for example. That, that's always you know, a, a name for Jesus. I, I don't understand why, why John used lamb here. I think it would have been more appropriate for me if John would have said, The day of the wrath of the lion of Judah has come. Okay. Therefore, let's all hide and run away. That makes sense. Because the lion is like strong and angry. Usually the lamb is just the meekest, mildest animal. You know, you don't think of the wrath of the lamb. Okay. I mean, you know, you go to a farm and you have an angry sheep. So what? You know what I mean? Not a big deal. But you have an angry lion. You better run. Right? So why would John use the lamb here in reference to Jesus in, in terms of talking about anger and wrath versus the Lion of Judah, for example, here is, here is my take on it. The lamb is a very meek animal, right? It's, it's a dumb sheep too, dumb animal, but it's one of the meekest animals ever. And what John was trying to say here, that Jesus is just like that. He'll wait, and he'll be patient. And he will give you not a chance, but a million chance. Because he's trying to draw you back to repentance. He said, I went to the cross, I paid for your sins. And I opened the way for you. I made it even possible for you and I to be made right with God. If it wasn't for his cross and resurrection, there would have been no hope for us. But Jesus is the lamb. He's being patiently waiting for every single soul that they will just turn away from them and come back to him. And day in and day out, he's being patient. Day in and day out, just like the lamb, he's just being meek and give you a chance one after the other. But one day, one day, that lamb will be meek no more. And all the mercy and the grace of God that he's extended to each one of us every single day will come to the point that it's going to be Stopped. And all that is going to be left is no grace, no mercy, but a fearful expectation of wrath. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10. The wrath of the Lamb. Because even though He's patiently waiting for you and I to repent, it doesn't mean that He will never punish sin. It doesn't mean that this is an open-ended invitation. You take your sweet time and whenever you consider me, come back to me. It doesn't work this way. Amen? One day, one day, His grace and His mercy will will be done and then that day we just was reading about it what a scary day that will be the skies just rolled up just fleeing from him because he was so angry the mountains and the hills they just ran away because the lamb is angry the kings, the rich, the generals, the mighty, every single human being. It doesn't matter how powerful or how powerless you are. Every single soul ran and hid themselves in caves. And what did they say? Called to the mountains and say, fall on us, kill us right here and right now. Why? Because the lamb is angry and we cannot stand in that day. That's the lamb of God in his wrath. Amen. Friends, Jesus is equal to God the Father. He receives just as much glory. Here is the summary of all what I'm saying. Jesus is equal to God the Father. He just receives as much glory and as much honor. Yet, yet, we sinned against God. And we could not be made right with him. Even if we were sincere about, you know, Sincere about feeling sorry that we sinned against God. Or even sincere trying to do other good works to cover up for our sins. This is not going to cut it before God. Because we sinned against him and he's a righteous judge. He will have to punish our sins. And there there was no way for sinful man and righteous God to be made right together. Except when Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God who came down to take away the sins of the world. And we were reading about him in Isaiah. He took upon himself our sins, our iniquity, our punishment, our sicknesses, and our diseases. And because the blood of Jesus satisfied the wrath of God, now God, who is holy and just, is willing to accept each one of us if you just come back to him. Amen? But if you harden your heart and you say, No, I don't want the slain Lamb of God, guess what? One day you're going to stand before that very Lamb that you're tramping today and say, I don't want your grace. One day you're going to stand before him and there will be no grace no more. You're going to be fleeing for your life because the wrath of the Lamb has come. I invite you today, I beg you today, if you're not made right with God, come to Jesus today. Take advantage of the blood that was shed for you on the cross. Don't despise it because you'll come to him, you'll bow anyways. Might as well do it now and take advantage of his grace. Because if you harden your heart, you'll bow to him one day. Whether you like it or not, you'll bow to him. He's God and you're not. Amen? Just do it when there is time for grace. Don't harden your heart. Because if that day come and you're not right with the Lamb of God, I don't want to be there. What would it take? How can I be made right with God? All what you have to do is just be willing to give him the 100 percent. Just say, "God, I'm a sinner. I've come to you today and I ask you to forgive me my sins and make me whole. Forgive me. You're the Lamb of God. You're the one who took away my sins. I can't take it off, off my shoulders by myself. But guess who can? John one twenty nine. Behold the Lamb of God who what? Takes away the sin of the world. Who can take your sin away? The Lamb of God. You can't do it in your own. You just come to him today and say, slain Lamb of God, I come and I take refuge in your blood. Forgive me my sins and make me brand new. He'll do it for you. And when that day comes, when his wrath is kindled, guess what? You're not going to be there. You'll have eternal life. Amen? All right. And if you're a Christian today, I don't know about you. I am grateful that the blood of Jesus is good enough for my sins. Amen. I don't want to stand before God one day, have to pay for my own sins. Amen. The blood of Jesus is all powerful. It's all enough for the wrath of God to be satisfied. Amen. Let's just all close our eyes and offer our prayers to God.